Pam? Mm-hmm. When will the new copier be ready? I'm working on it, Kev. You said it would be ready by today. And it is today. It'll be ready soon. Soon could mean anything. Soon could be three weeks. Is that what soon means to you? Sometimes. Then come back soon. Energy zappers. Like that clip from the TV show The Office? Maybe you know someone who's difficult to get along with and you wonder how to deal with them. Today on Anchor Points, Robert Quintana helps you learn how to get along with difficult people and teaches you three important lessons from how Jesus dealt with these energy zappers. By the way, Anchor Points is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. Here, we hope you'll find some of the answers to life's everyday struggles. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to visit us online at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's Pastor Quintana with his message, Energy Zappers. Relationships is important to us. And today we're going to talk about how do we deal with difficult people in our lives? How do we deal with those relationships that aren't always going as we would hope? Whether that's father and son, whether that's mother and daughter, whether that's husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, how can we deal, how can we cope with difficult people in our lives? Every one of us here today will know at least one energy zapper. You know what I mean? An energy zapper, someone who kind of takes away your energy, you know, at the end of a conversation or at the end of spending some time together, you feel more exhausted than when you went into that time with them. A great book actually entitled Energy Zappers, I would recommend. But let me just read to you here some of the energy zappers that they point out in this book. Angerers can be energy zappers. People that get angry, people that fly off the handle, people that have a short fuse, energy zappers. How about chatters? People who chatter all the time. Sometimes you see a chatterer coming and you find the closest exit. Chatters can be energy zappers. Clingers. Clingers can be energy zappers. Oh my, here she comes again, or here they come again. Energy zappers. I see a lot of smiles out there. You know what I'm talking about. Energy zappers. You know what's interesting about this list is that you may realize today that you're an energy zapper. You may say, wait a second. I'm, I'm zapping energy from people? Yeah, maybe. Tell you, this is a great book. And I don't have time to go into detail as to how to approach each one of these energy zappers. But it's a neat book to pick up and certainly can give you a lot of, of practical applications on how to deal with energy zappers. Here's some more, a few more. Patronizers can be energy zappers. Pot stirrers. Do you, any, do you know any pot stirs? Any pot stirs in the church maybe? That are zapping the energy of the pastor perhaps? Pot stirs can be energy zappers. Whiners. Any parents out there? Concur. Yes, whiners can be energy zappers. Relationships is important to us. It is. It is a vital part of who we are, how we were created, and so it is important for us to learn how we can deal with difficult people, particularly those in our lives that 
are energy zappers. In order to do that, I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5. Because we're going to see how Jesus dealt with difficult people. We're going to discover how Jesus dealt with energy zappers. Mark chapter 5, I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. It's the second book in the New Testament. Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 21. Says this, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. By this time in Jesus' ministry, many people had heard of Jesus. Jesus had already developed a reputation among the people that he was ministering to. And so as a result, wherever Jesus went, the multitudes followed. The multitudes came to him because, listen, they knew that Jesus had what they needed. And so they came in great numbers. Verse 22, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude, there it is again, followed him, thronged him and thronged him. Now here in the book of Luke, Luke uses an interesting word to describe what was taking place with the multitude. Luke says that they choked him. In other words, there were so many people wanting to get close to Jesus that they literally were choking him. They were pressing in close because they were in need of something that Jesus had. And so now we read in verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, then I may be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now it's interesting that power or virtue left Jesus there were energy zappers all around Jesus, so to speak. There were people in need all around Jesus. And what we read here is of Jesus giving to her what she needed in order to meet her need, in order to heal whatever it was that she was dealing with. Now, before we discover 
Before we discover this secret on how to deal with energy zappers, before we deal with this secret on how to deal with those difficult people in our lives, there are a few lessons that we need to point out in this story. We, we must point these lessons out. And lesson number one, many of us will spend our lives spending all of our resources trying to heal the situations in our lives on our own. And that is why we oftentimes feel as though we're taking one step forward and two steps back. As long as we are trying to use our own resources, as long as we're trying to figure things out on our own, you can bet that you will go in circles in whatever circumstance you're in, in whatever situation you're in, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether it's at work with your boss, whether it's at home with your husband or wife, whether it's with your children, whether it's at church, if you are trying to figure things out on your own, using your own resources, it is very possible that you will go the next 12 years using up all of your resources, trying to figure it out. But it wasn't until this woman realized that she had to put Jesus first that she found healing. Lesson number one, whatever situation you're dealing with today, it is vitally important that for you to find healing, you need to put Jesus first. You know, I meet with couples on occasions who are going through difficult times and I sit with them and they talk to me about their financial struggles. They'll, they'll talk to me about their, their lack of communication and all the problems that that rises. And I listen, I patiently listen to everything that they say to me. And you know, sometimes I feel as though they walk away disappointed because I will always inevitably ask them, what place does Jesus have in your relationship? Well, well gee, you know, pastor, I understand this Jesus thing. I understand that he's important and all, but, but that's not our problem. Our problem is the finances. Our problem is the, the communication. And, and, and I need to, I stop him and I say, no, those are only symptoms of the problem. The problem is, is that Jesus is nowhere to be found in your relationship. And the first thing you must do is put Jesus in the middle of your relationship. Because until you seek Jesus first, until you put God at the center of whatever circumstance you're in, you will not find healing. Jesus must be our number one priority. And I understand that for some of us here today, that sounds cliche. For some of us here today, that might sound foreign. We may not understand what it looks like or what it's done or what we must do in order to put Jesus first. Let me just say this, that just by opening your mind intellectually to the idea of Jesus being the ruler of your life will put you on the road to the, the recovery that you seek. And what do we see happen? What do we see happening when this woman who had been struggling with this issue for 12 years, using up all of her resources, what happens when she puts Jesus first in her life? 
she finds healing. And we just can't walk away from this text saying, yeah, that's fine and dandy. That was then, this is now, that's a cute story. We, we can't walk away saying that. We have to be able to walk away saying that if it happened then, it can happen now. And therefore, I must put Jesus first. And this is what happens. It says here, for she said, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. If we were to take that attitude in our relationships, in our circumstances, it will put us on the road to the healing that we seek. Now, before we get to how we deal with energy zappers, there's a second lesson for us to learn. And that lesson is this, that when you come to Jesus, it matters in what spirit, or shall I say, the attitude by which you approach Jesus. Let me remind you that Jesus was being pressed on every side. He was being choked. People were rubbing up against him and they were not experiencing the healing power of Jesus. That's right. There were those who were rubbing shoulders with him, but they were not experiencing the saving grace, the healing power that Jesus was so readily ready to give to them. And I ask you, is it possible that we come to church every week and we rub shoulders with God himself but because our attitudes are not in the right place, because our spirits are not in the right place, we leave this sanctuary as empty as when we walked in. Is it possible that when we sit down to study his word, when we, when we sit down to pray, that we rub shoulders with God himself, but we leave as empty as when we started because we don't come with the right attitude? We come and we say, well, I go to church because this is what I have to do. This is what part of my requirement in order to make it to heaven or to make sure that, that I'm saved. We come perhaps with the wrong attitude to church. Perhaps we open his word with the wrong attitude. Perhaps we go, well, I need to find that verse because I need to prove them wrong. Instead of taking the approach that says, I need God. Because I am in desperate need of healing. When we come to God in that attitude, it is when his healing power is then given, then manifested in your life. When you say, you know what? I need to go to church. Why? Because I need to touch the robe, that the hem of his robe. I need to be healed. I need to be restored I need to open his word because I need help. And I'm asking for God to save me. I'm asking for God to heal me, to restore me. Now, before we go on to how to deal with those energy zappers, there's a third lesson. There's a third lesson for us to, to recognize here. Now, notice in verse 30, it says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, listen to this, who touched my clothes? 
who, he doesn't say what. He said, what just touched me? No, no, he's taking a personal interest. He says, who? Who touched me? Not what, not the clothing or the hairstyle, not what, not the, the earrings or the jewelry, not what, but who? In verse 31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched you? Jesus, I mean, I've heard you say some pretty silly things, but I think this one takes it all. I mean, I think you take the cake on this one. I mean, who touched you? There's people all around us. We've been in this, I mean, since we left Matthew's house, people have been coming up and touching and bumping up against you. And in verse 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. In verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Lesson number three. Give him the glory. Be a witness. Be be a, a living testimony. Be an ambassador and say, Jesus healed me from this sickness. He saved me from this addiction. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I may be scared. I may be fearful, as she was. I may be trembling. It may be uncomfortable, yes. But step out and say, no, I give glory to God. You know, this case that this woman was dealing with was a pretty serious case. For 12 years, this woman was considered un clean unclean how embarrassing is that she may say you know what thank you jesus but it's kind of embarrassing everything that i've gone through i mean i mean the situation that i put myself in financially and and whatnot with my work it's embarrassing god you know i i should have known better I, i know i shouldn't have hung out with that crowd you know it's kind of embarrassing let me just say about how good you are no Lesson number three, share your testimony. Share from where God has brought you from. When given opportunity, whether to the masses or individually, when given opportunity to share your testimony, share it. Don't be embarrassed because for some strange reason, heaven's chosen um, method for sharing the love of Christ to this world is through our own testimony. That is how people will know of my love for them when they see my love for you. And not only that, but now you give other people the hope that they're seeking. You now open for them that window that says, if he did it for you, Maybe he can do it for me. And you will have set that person on a path to recovery, on a path to healing, to reconciliation. You have set that person on a path to discover their purpose in Christ. Three lessons that we can learn from this story. But yet we still have to answer the question, how do we deal with energy zappers? How do we deal with people like this? You know, with people that come and, and, and seem to just take away your energy. You know, at the end of the conversation or at the end of the day, you're just exhausted. How do you deal 
with energy zappers? Well, let's look at the life of Jesus. Just turn back a couple of pages to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. What do you think Jesus was doing? What do you think he was doing if it wasn't refueling himself? What do you think he, if it wasn't plugging into the power source? A car can only run so far on one tank of gas. Eventually, you have to take that car to the station and fill it back up. And see, how we deal with energy zappers starts way before the encounter that we have with them. It starts way back in our communion with God. And when we spend that communion and time with God, we are energized, we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that when we go out into the world, whenever we deal with these energy zappers in the world, because we have been energized and empowered by God in that solitary place, we are now able to go out and provide the energy, provide the healing that they are seeking. So often is the case that we never spend time, we don't spend recharging, we don't spend time refueling, we don't spend time connected to the vine. And so what we have is one needy person with another needy person. We, we deal with someone who's a critic with someone who easily gets angry. And, and the pitfall that we fall into is this, that in that relationship, we start asking of that person to fill us up. And so we get into this vicious cycle where we're not going to the right source to begin with to get filled up. And then we find ourselves in these kinds of relationships, whether at work or at home or at church, we find ourselves in this relationship and it's basically the blind leading the blind. And so that's why you hear things like, she doesn't do anything for me. She doesn't meet my needs. Or he doesn't know what I want. And if he would only do this, if he would only do that, we're seeking dry wells. The well that we need to seek is the one that Jesus offered the woman at the well when he said to her, are you thirsty? Are you needy? Come to me. Tap into the real life source and you will never thirst again. And yet we seek all of these dry wells we seek all of these dry fountains trying to be energized with, with movies or entertainment or pleasures. We try and get energized with the music that we listen to. We try and get energized with, with the pursuit of earthly pleasure, with the deceitfulness of riches, with the cares of this world. We try and get energized with the people around us, by our spouses, by our children. We try and get energized by, by all sorts of things. And Jesus says, Wait a second, you're wasting your time. 
Because until you come to me and drink from me, you will continue to thirst. And I promise you that you will never thirst again. How do we deal with energy zappers in our life? It starts way before we encounter them. It starts way back in a solitary place where we, one, put Jesus first. When we, two, come to him with the right attitude. When we, three, give him the glory for what he has done in our lives. And when you spend that time with him, you will experience the power of God and that power will flow through you to those around you who are seeking to be healed, to be fulfilled. And you will be able to bring the healing that they are seeking, the healing that they need. Anchor Points with Robert Quintana is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you're wanting to learn more about how to begin a life change or just wanting more answers, we'd love to talk with you. Feel free to visit us online and check out some of our resources at fredericksdachurch.org. While you're there, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast and share this message with a friend. You can also call us during the week at 301-662-5254. We're located right between I-70 and Route 15 on Jefferson Pike. Our main service takes place Saturdays at 11 a.m., and we'd love for you to join us sometime. Remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose. Don't let your kids bob around all summer. Hook them up with the Vacation Bible School that will reel them into God's love. This summer at Frederick Adventist Church, we've gone fishing to learn how to share God's love with those around us. It's a one-of-a-kind VBS led out by a live band with drama, stories, games, and crafts each night. It all happens June 21 through 26 at 6.30 in the evening. To learn how you can sign your guppies, uh, kids up, just cast your internet line to fredericksdachurch.org. We just can't bait. I mean, wait.